Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's message from First Orlando. You can find even more content, including video archives of this and other past messages at firstorlando.com. And if you're in the Orlando area, be sure to visit us sometime soon. Now, enjoy this podcast from First Orlando. Hey, open your Bibles to uh, the book of 2 Timothy, if you will. Happy Father's Day to the dads, and we're glad that you've come to church today. Thank you for being a part of our service. If you're streaming as well, we're really glad that you're uh, joining us today. And uh, we want to encourage uh, dads today, and thank you for being a part. Our, my desire is that you'll leave encouraged with your assignment as a dad. It's not always easy being a dad, and we want you to be encouraged today. There's no perfect dad. Some are more imperfect than others, but there's no such thing as the perfect dad. And I want to encourage you, and we're actually looking at a passage and a relationship that is not a father-son relationship. It's actually a spiritual father-son relationship. And this relationship is between Paul and Timothy, this, who he met young and mentored and spoke into a relationship with him. And we're going to talk about what is the key ingredient to that relationship between Paul and Timothy. So today, if you're here and you're not a dad and don't want to be a dad, don't have aspirations to parent, that's okay. Um, or if you're uh, not a man and you're not, uh, not going to be a dad, uh, this is still uh, a principle that is important and that's applicable to you, whether it's a, a parenting relationship or just a marriage relationship or friendship. This principle that Paul talks about in, in uh, his relationship with Timothy applies across the board. And it's just um, this idea, and actually, I would say it this way, you know, in law, there's a, a principle that they talk about from years ago that said um, that possession is nine-tenths of the law. If there's a dispute about some piece of property, possession is nine-tenths of the law. It's harder to get it if you haven't had it the other way around. And, and I would say in, in this parenting challenge, presence is nine-tenths of the work. It is the big deal. And it's what Paul talked about, his presence. In this um, 2 Timothy chapter 4, it's what um, Paul emphasizes is this idea of presence. What does it mean to be present? Let's look here, 2 Timothy chapter 4, and we're going to read verses 9 to 11 and then verse uh, 21, I think. And here's what it says. Do your best to come soon. Come to me soon. For Demas is in love with the world and the present world that has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia. Titus to Dalmatia. Luke is the only one with me. And then in verse, oh, and get Mark and bring him with you for he is very useful to me in ministry. And then uh, verse 21, do your best to come before winter. Twice in this passage, in these few verses, Paul uses this same idea, come to me quickly, get here as quickly as you can, get here before winter. Why? Because Paul longed for Timothy's presence. He wanted him there. He was communicating to him through uh, letters, our equivalent of an email or whatever. He was communicating, but he's saying, there's no substitute for you being here. I need you here. Please come be here with me. I don't know about you, but coming into the whole parenting thing was intimidating to me. When we, our oldest son was born in 1985 around Christmas time, and when they gave us Caleb to take home, 
I was like, wait a minute, wasn't I supposed to take a test or a class or something on this? I mean, when, when, we had, when I wanted to drive at 16 years old, I had to take driver's ed for a whole semester, and then I had to um, be, a, be a, what is it, the learner's permit for a whole year, and then they gave me an exam. I had to do all of that to be able to drive. Uh, all they did at the hospital was just hand us Caleb and say, you'll figure it out. You'll know when to feed him and clothe him and change his diaper and all those things. And it, I remember being in the car on the way home and thinking to myself, how intimidating is this? And so I, I started to study and read and try to find all the information I could about being a parent. And the more I read, the more intimidated I became. And it kind of felt to me like, like parenting, being a dad was like learning to ride a unicycle. It seems like a lot of fun, right? Like this would be really cool, but have you ever tried to do this? It's like really hard. It's tricky and dangerous. You can face plant just like that. And then the more I read, I actually just came to believe that it was really more like riding a unicycle and juggling pins at the same time. It's just something like, are you kidding me? How in the world can I possibly do this? I don't have what it takes to, to make this happen. This is way trickier and way harder and, and the chance for injury and disaster is way greater than I had ever contemplated. It's like juggling. It's like riding a unicycle. And dads, I don't know if, it, if you relate to that, if it feels that way to you sometimes, but... I got to tell you, that's the way it felt to me. And there's something kind of okay about, okay, so if I don't get all the details, but I, I'm actually there, that counts for something? And it does. Presence is nine-tenths of the work. Bill Havens was a world-class canoer, lived in the United States. In 1924, Bill Havens uh, qualified to represent the United States in the Paris Olympics. And it was the first time canoeing was going to be a sport in the Olympics. And he was part of the team qualifying for a group event and a singles event and going to represent the United States for the first time that canoeing was a sport. He was the best in the world and everybody knew Bill was the best in the world. And he was going to get to prove it and get the medal for it in 1924 in Paris. And then his wife got pregnant and the pregnancy lined up with the Olympics and he decided, as he said at the time, it was not a hard decision. And Bill Havens, even though he was the best in the world, he said, my presence at my son's birth is more important than the gold medal. And he, he never went to the Olympics because he wanted to be there for his son's birth. It was costly. But being there was important. Paul knew this idea, and he knew that his relationship with Timothy required his presence, and his presence with Timothy. In fact, he meets Timothy in Acts chapter 16, and he immediately invites Timothy. He saw something in him because he immediately invites him to join him on his missionary journey. He says, the things that I want you to learn, you can't just learn by getting letters from me or hearing about it from somewhere else, somebody else. You got to be with me. You got to be on this journey with me to experience what I experience and see how I experience it. And then you'll understand. Then you'll be everything God wants you to be. But you got to walk with me. You got to be in this with me. 
but you really don't see the closeness of, that had developed until you see the words, the terms that Paul uses in describing Timothy. He really became his spiritual son. There's like five or six different references in 1 Corinthians, beloved and faithful child, and Philippians, like a son, in 1 Timothy, my true child in the faith, and my child, and in 2 Timothy, beloved child. Paul saw Timothy as a child because he came and went with him on this trip. And as they, as they did life together on this trip, the challenges and the joys, the ups and the downs, the, the things that were exhilaratingly fun as they see people come to faith in Christ and the things that were incredibly difficult as Paul gets beaten, he says, it's, I'm seeing what it's like to follow Jesus and I'm with him. His presence is what is most important. Today, I wanna tell you, more than anything else you can give to your children, the most important is presence. Presence means being there and aware on their schedule and at their request. It means answering questions and asking questions. It means listening to their stories and telling them ours. It means showing vulnerability and allowing it. It means showing emotion and encouraging it. It means expecting and allowing imperfections and even celebrating imperfections because it's those imperfections that prove that they belong to us. It means being comfortable with them in silence or appreciating their favorite music. It means cheering teams together, seeing movies together, playing games together. It means stepping into their small worlds and inviting them into our grown-up worlds too. It means allowing them to see and know us. It means knowing them and their dreams and their fears and their loves and their hates. It means being there to celebrate or commiserate when life happens. It means meals together, errands together, and chores together. It means many meaningful moments along the way, but mostly mundane minutes of life. Our presence cannot be overestimated. And I want to encourage you dads today, when you can't give anything else, give your presence. Nothing like your presence. We should make our presence a priority first because our presence gives us a platform for influence. It gives us the platform for influence. Being there, being present gives us the opportunity um, to influence. Second Timothy 1.3 says, Paul says to Timothy, now he's talking, he says, follow the pattern of sound words that you have heard from me in the faith and the love that are in Christ Jesus. So this phrase, the pattern of words, the term pattern is the same word or meaning of, of, of an impression. It means like, like making a seal. You ever had a seal where you make an imprint on a piece of paper and that seal leaves an imprint there? That's the term pattern. So Paul's saying here, it's the, I'm trying to do something with you. I'm trying to interact with you in such a way that we leave a pattern of the, the things that I say. So it's more than just rules. It's actually, it's actually the reasons behind the rules. You see, reasons are more important than rules. And patterns are more applicable than policies. And Paul knew that it, these require presence when you're with somebody, it's way easier to talk about the why and people, your, your kids see you interacting. They see things that make more sense. They get explanations and reasons for the way we do things. And, and helping 
our children see the reasons is very important to understand and to get the patterns. This is one of the reasons that companies will use values. They teach values instead of just policies because policies, you can't get enough policies to help you know all the circumstances that you'll encounter as an employee. But if I teach you the value, then whatever the circumstance is, you rely on the value. The value is the underpinning, the foundation for the policies you have. Yes, policies and rules, they, they exist. And you can do those with, you, all you gotta do is send them. You don't need presents for that. But to help a child, especially to help a young one, for Paul to help Timothy understand the pattern of things required his presence. Your presence gives you influence. And I wanna encourage you, aim for influence over authority. Your influence is more important than authority. Your influence is what you can maintain long after your authority over your children is gone. You can still have influence. Authority is temporary. If your kids are young, you've got a little bit of authority, but in time that will be gone. Our most valuable asset is our influence. Focus on the relationship in order to maintain influence. Parents, some of you have kids that are making decisions that are displeasing to you or you can't understand it or the choices that they're making are somehow troubling to you. And our tendency sometimes is to to hold our affection away from them if that happens or our acceptance to them or to try to exert authority over them or to do things to manipulate our children into trying to behave in certain fashions. And, And that's a very dangerous tactic, parents. I wanna encourage you instead of doing that in presence with them, when you're with them, maintain a healthy relationship, conversation, talking to them, sharing your own situations, talking about them, knowing who they are and what's going on in their lives so that you can maintain influence. You never have to lose influence if you maintain the relationship. And let me encourage you, let me encourage you, it is never too late to have time with your kids. It's true you can't make up for yesterday, but you can always start today a new way, being present with your kids. So presence provides a platform for influence, but secondly, presence provides a conduit for transfer, a conduit, a pipe, a way to move from one area to another. It provides a a conduit for transfer. 2 Timothy 3.10, I'm going to have it up here on the screen. You don't need to look it up. Again, this is Paul talking to Timothy, and we get clues about their relationship as we see how Paul talks to him. Here's what he says. You, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and sufferings that happened to me, and he names the places where they happened. Now, I want you to go back to the previous screen. I want want you to see here, teaching is something that was like what I'm doing now. That's He did learn that from Paul, but all of the rest of these are not learned by telling somebody, right? They're learned by watching somebody. It's not taught, it's caught. And seeing how Paul interacted and and the way he would respond when things went really well or when things didn't go well or when he faced a challenge or, or when things were going just so amazing in ministry, 
And watching how Paul navigated all the relationships in Paul's life, watching how Paul navigated his relationship with the Heavenly Father, all of these, Timothy caught. What an amazing thing that Paul is saying, Timothy, you have caught everything that I am. We learn by watching. And there's something about this life with Jesus that it, it, it requires proximity, requires engaging with other people. Following Jesus is not simply a, a, adopting a set of standards or a moral code. If that's what it was, we could just hand out what the moral code is and there'd be no need for us to even gather together because there'd be no need for things like groups and having Christian friends. But those are so necessary. We need those presence in our lives as well, even as adults. And there's something about the gospel life. There's something about following Jesus that, that we actually catch from others. It's actually transferred in proximity with other people. The gospel isn't about making bad people good. The gospel makes dead people alive. That's us. And it transfers like a virus. Any of y'all know how a virus transfers? Of course you do. You might not have a year ago, but you know now. A virus transfers best in proximity. And so does the gospel. And Paul knew this. Paul said, come to me soon. Get here before winter. Paul said, hey, come on this trip with me. I need you by my side. I need you watching the way I do life. Because it's in watching the way I do life that you're going to catch what it is that I've got. Sometimes I think we, we mistakenly think that, that the gospel or Christianity is, is more of a vaccine than a virus. So I'm going to take the vaccine. It'll keep me from anything bad. And it'll keep me away from danger. And it inoculates me from all of the things around me so that I'm a safe, good person. That's not what the gospel is all about. And yes, there's a certain way Jesus lived and interacted with people. But man, was it dangerous. It cost him his life. And, and it's passed like a virus. It's passed in proximity to each other. And all of us need, not only as a parent with our children, but, but even with other people, we need these relationships because that's how the, the virus spreads. That's how the gospel spreads, is in relationship with each other. And regardless of where you are on your spiritual journey, all of us can have somebody who's next to us to speak into us, to help us, and somebody that we're speaking into. And dads, this is a place for us to do this with our children. And it's never too late. Don't worry about what was. Just worry about where you were going. And give the time tomorrow. Be there. Be present in those moments. Not, not demanding their adjustment to your schedule, but making adjustments for them. And I know it's hard. I've lived this. It's challenging. But it's worth it. And you can do it. Your presence matters. Do you know that it worked with Timothy? He told Timothy this, but you know, he also sent Timothy to the church at Corinth because he was in prison and he couldn't go. And he said, Timothy, go to the church at Corinth. And the exchange that they had with Paul afterwards was seeing Timothy was like seeing Paul because he's got everything Paul's got. You know why? Why? Because he walked with Paul. 
He was with him in the good times and the hard times, in the best of times and the worst of times, in the mundane and the meaningful. He was with him. There's no substitute for being with him. And today, you can do the same thing. The Corinthians says, hey, we've seen Paul because we've seen Timothy. That's all it takes. I told you about Bill Havens. I didn't tell you about his boy that was born that day in 1924. Some 20 years later, Frank Havens was also a world-class canoeer, raised in a family of canoers. And Frank went to the Helsinki Olympics as a canoeer. He did get to go, even though his dad didn't get to go. And Frank, the son, won the gold medal in canoeing that his dad missed because of his birth. And after he won the gold medal, Frank sent to his dad this note, telegram. Dear dad, thanks for waiting around for me to get born in 1924. I'm coming home with a gold medal you should have won. Your loving son, Frank. Your children might not win a gold medal. That's a metaphor for a lot of different accomplishments your kids might make. And maybe, maybe you got to give up something. Maybe it's an adjustment to schedule. Maybe it's making less money. Maybe it's a change in your time schedule. Who knows what it is? But I want to encourage you to be present with your kids. So I know what it feels like. It's awfully intimidating. And this would be the perfect metaphor if I actually knew how to ride it. I know you've been wondering, is he going to ride that thing? Is he going to do that and juggle? I don't know how. Maybe some of you do. Maybe somebody watching does. But I don't know how. It's still more tricky than I can do. But I can be present. I can do that. I can make time and I can be there when my kids and grandkids are around. And so can you. And so dads, let me just tell you, no matter what you're feeling today about the lack of accomplishment for you, maybe you're disappointed in yourself or maybe somebody's expressed disappointment to you, you don't have to learn to ride the unicycle and you don't have to learn to juggle. Paul said, come quickly, come be with me, be present and nine-tenths of the work is complete. Today, I have two questions I want you to consider as we close. First question, how have you been shaped by the influential presence of others in your life? It's good sometimes to think about how has somebody else's present, presence impacted me? And then second, how can, I, how can you increase your presence in the relationships that matter most? Is there something you can do to increase your presence where it really matters. Thank you, dads, for being here today. You're present here, by the way, 
and many of you with your family. Thank you for doing that. I'm going to ask the dads in the room to stand. Dads that are here, stand. If you're at home watching, um, give a nod to dad real quick. Dads in the room, stand. Give a nod to dad. Congratulate him. Thank him. Remain standing. Congratulations, Dad. When all else fails, just be there. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to ask everybody else to stand also now as we pray. Let's pray a prayer of blessing for our dads. God, thank you for the dads who are with us today, either watching or here in the room. It's so great to celebrate fatherhood. What a gift it is to be a dad. And when it seems more difficult than we can do and we're not sure exactly how to make it happen, I pray, God, give us the discipline, the wherewithal to just at least be present so that you can use our presence to impact the generation that follows. Thank you so much for our dads today. Bless them richly. We pray this day in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the First Orlando Podcast. For more information like our service times, location, and other contact information, be sure to visit us online at firstorlando.com. Have a great week.